This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk about the new NetApp Cloud offering out there called Amazon FSX. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipok. Zipok. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the basement of my house and with me today I have a group of people to talk to us all about the new Amazon offering, Amazon FSX. Joining us to do that would be Andrew Crudge from Amazon. So Andrew or Andy, what do you, what do you prefer, Andy or Andrew? Uh, usually Andy. Okay. Yeah, either works though. So Andy, uh, what do you do at Amazon and how do we reach you if you wish to be reached? Yeah, so uh, Andy Crudge, I'm a product manager at AWS. I've been here for about five years now, working on a few different cloud uh, file storage products that we offer. Uh, most recently, I lead the product management team for our newest AWS storage service, uh, FSX for NetApp ONTAP. Uh, how to reach me? Uh, it's my last name at amazon.com. All right, excellent. Cool. So we'll talk more about Amazon FSX here in a bit. Let's get to the other guests that we have. I brought a second Andy here. <laughs> Andy Grimes, uh, you may remember Andy Grimes from previous NetApp uh, fame, and he's back. So, Andy, what do you do here at NetApp now, and how do I reach you? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, Andy Grimes, uh, Andrew. When I'm in trouble, so I don't know if you if you use that one, but uh, Andrew, you know, I, I'm doing pursuit business development at uh, NetApp, working with hybrid cloud solutions with FSX uh, for NetApp on tap. Uh, just rejoined a, a, about a little over a week ago. Uh, to come back to NetApp and work work on some uh, hybrid cloud solutions. Uh, you can reach me at uh, NetApp at andrewwg at netapp.com. All right, excellent. And last but not least with us today, Rajesh Raja Rahman is here. So Rajesh, what do you do and how do we reach you? I've been a long time uh, ONTAP developer the past 15, 16 years now. Uh, I've worked on a variety of ONTAP pieces uh, and many products uh, in this evolution from internal um, simulators to products, Edge, Select, CBO, and many other offerings in the cloud uh, that are behind the scenes services. I'm excited to be partnering with Amazon with uh, FSX. Um, I also have the pleasure of working with Andy Grimes, who has the unique pleasure of have been, uh, having been worked on both sides of the FSX development on either companies, right? So you may have more inside information than both of us have, right? So Rajesh, um, as a developer, did you did you code any Easter eggs in ONTAP? Did you like have like a, a commented out Rajesh was here? Did you do any of that stuff? Sure, I'm sure <laughs> I'm, I'm, I may have to give somebody when they find uh, an FSX specific um, error message in ONTAP. Yeah, <laughs> we have yeah. we want to find somebody who did that. Right. Excellent. So uh, Andy Crudge for the like the three people out there that don't know what AWS is, can you kind of give us the overview there? Sure. Yeah. So AWS uh, stands for Amazon Web Services. Uh, it's you know it's this, it's a we we provide a bunch of cloud computing services essentially to our customers. Uh, and if you're not familiar with cloud computing, uh, what it is is it basically refers to the on-demand delivery of IT resources over the internet with pay-as-you-go pricing. Um, so rather than you know traditionally companies would often build maintain their own data centers, servers, hardware um, to manage their IT infrastructure. Uh, with cloud computing now, customers can go to AWS, uh, can go to, go to a console or use our APIs to spin up 
storage, compute, database, machine learning services uh, to power their IT infrastructure in a super agile, quick, and flexible way, uh, rather than having to maintain you know, data center hardware and software and uh, managing their own infrastructure. So are you finding that you know, most people are doing this from smaller businesses where they don't want to lease equipment or buy equipment. Are you finding it's more like more enterprises are getting interested in doing this from an Amazon perspective? Yeah, it definitely covers the full spectrum. Uh, there, there are a lot of enterprises that um, that have moved to the cloud either for portion or all of their workloads. A lot of Fortune 500 companies themselves are, are running on on the cloud. Um, one of the other great things that cloud make uh, provides is for smaller companies that are just getting started. Because customers can completely pay as they go, uh, it makes it really easy if you're a smaller organization to build new applications and to not have to worry about the fixed costs of managing your own infrastructure, managing your own resources. Um, so kind of companies large and small are able to both take advantage of the cloud, and we see a lot of that today. So I know that initially there was some apprehension of larger customers going to cloud because of concerns about not owning your data, concerns about security, regulations. How are you addressing those for those larger enterprise customers? How are you easing their concerns? So at AWS, security is and will always be our top priority. Uh, AWS has been architected to be the most flexible and secure cloud computing environment available today. Um, we, you know, we, we make heavy investments in security, make sure that you know, all of the data that customers store is secured within AWS, that we provide customers with the right security mechanisms as well. To, to audit and protect uh, their data. Uh, and so, you know, we, we've achieved as a company a number of internationally recognized certificates, accreditations, uh, demonstrating compliance with third-party assurance frameworks. And so, you know, overall, we have a lot of customers, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, large customers, very security, compliance cautious, co- conscious customers uh, running on AWS today. It's also true then, Andy, that <clears throat> it isn't without reason that you have GovCloud presence. That wouldn't have happened without uh, many certifications and uh, due diligence, right? And uh, many um, governance policy, uh, data governance policies across the world, where countries don't um, want don't want pass information. But all those countries and agencies also use Amazon, so that's a testament to data security. I assume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, AWS has certifications for FedRAMP, uh, moderate and high in GovCloud, uh, as well as uh, uh, SRG, a certification for DoD systems. What's interesting is, is AWS actually has a page called Services in Scope, where it'll list every service with every certification it has across the spectrum. So it's it's actually very easy to validate. And as part of this release, FSX for NetApp ONTAP actually picked up a number of those certifications. Excellent. So, you know, speaking of NetApp and uh, in, in doing ONTAP in the cloud, we, we have a number of offerings already there, right? And, and a lot of them run on Amazon Web Services themselves. So, Rajesh, could you kind of give us uh, an overview of what we do today? And let's transition that into what Amazon FSX can offer that maybe we didn't have before. Sure. So the journey for, you know, sort of cloud for you know, for NetApp started probably um, know, early to, uh, to, uh, 2010, uh, for example, and some of us gathered around. Hey, um, we would like to provide the same um, uh, tried and tested on type functionality in the cloud when we're still um, people are still trying testing it, and that started a journey on. Um, and we had you know on tap as a virtual machine working at that time, and we said, okay, well, a VM is a VM, and uh, you know uh, we could leverage cloud disk, cloud networking as it happens. And 
um, put together a product and provide the same uh, core data management functionality of ONTAP, but you know, running as a cloud resource. And so I think around 2012, 2013 is where Amazon uh, journey started. Um, and towards you know, mid-2015, we also had a high availability version of uh, CBO. And all that means is uh, all the uh, you know, tried and trusted functionalities of ONTAP, which customers allow, but um, as a cloud resource and provide all the high availability guarantees as well. Um, and it's been largely successful for us. It continues to be as well. But where things changed is, you know, there are a lot of customers in the cloud that may not want to manage infrastructure, right? They still are not necessarily trained storage admins. They are, you know, one-click application owners. And so to, to appeal to that, to also use the ease of cloud way, you may want to transition the benefits of OneTap, but without the, the cumbersome aspect of managing infrastructure, right? And which started the journey about us and uh, Amazon saying, okay, how do we uh, integrate this? And Amazon had done um, one of these or two of these with uh, uh, Windows and Luster. And so on tap, uh, being a premier file system, we said, hey, this could be a good synergy for us um, to see how we can integrate um, all the benefits of on tap, uh, you know, captured in CBO, um, but as a service. And so therefore the infrastructure elements are running behind the scenes and customers can access both the benefits of ONTAP in terms of API data management and the ease of use from a console and integration perspective in Amazon. So, um, and of course the benefits hasn't been limited to just the features of ONTAP. We are also doing tighter integration with more Amazon services and um, today and in, in time so that it see, appeals to more a native Amazon user in terms of all the data management features, um, but cloud native, the same time it appeals to an on-top customer sans the infrastructure management. Yeah, my understanding is that with, with previous iterations, you know, there are limitations depending on how you were deploying it, right? And, and it sounds like with Amazon FSx, you have a lot more control over how you're using this. That said, I, I know I've stood up, you know, CVO in the cloud myself, and there's there's a few aspects to it that get a little complicated. Has FSx removed some of the complication from that and made that overall transition easier? Sure. I mean, what we realized was uh, with CVO, there's there's a lot of um, a DIY aspects. You know, nothing wrong with the product, but there's a lot of choices, right? Uh, which compute instance, you know, uh, and do I need to pick? Which disk do I need to pick? Which network? Which VPC? There's a there's a bit of some evaluation the customer has to do, and and there is that simplicity aspect. But with with the integration, what we've done is we made all of those choices simpler. Right, and eventually, all those choices come down to what's the throughput I need, what's the IOPS I need, and what's the capacity I need. Right, and basic uh, integration parameters. And I think working with this behind the scenes, it's not just infrastructure management, but the simplicity aspect of deployment um, has also been taken care of. So, if I want to do a quick deployment uh, with these parameters in mind, uh, that's the easiest thing you can do, and it's native. Andy Crudge, you know, I understand that. This is this is pretty big deal for Amazon as well. What was the driver for adding something like an FSX into their environment? Like, what what was the motivation, and, and you know, why did you think it was beneficial to have ONTAP presented in this way? Yeah, so um, so you know, this really actually comes down to the the, the genesis of Amazon FSX as a service in the first place. Uh, and so we we launched Amazon FSX about three years ago now. At this point, at reInvent twenty eighteen. And, and the reason we launched FSX, you know, we launched FSX at a time when AWS currently and, and even back then had a number of different storage services. 
Um, but what we were finding consistently talking to customers who are interested in running their applications in the cloud is that uh, very often customers have built their entire IT infrastructure, have built their applications, their workflows, their tooling, um, even, even as simple as just how are they used to managing their data. Um, they've built all of these aspects of their experience around particular file system technologies that provide certain features, certain capabilities, um, certain tools, certain performance profiles. And a lot of customers are excited to move to the cloud in order to benefit from all the agility and simplicity of running their workloads in the cloud. There are a lot of really popular storage technologies out there that really make it easy to manage data for applications uh, and that customers want to be able to make the shift to AWS and do so in a really easy way. And so with FSx, what we provide is fully managed and fully integrated uh, a native service that's powered by popular third-party file system technologies, giving customers the best of both worlds. You know, all the features and capabilities and compatibilities of the popular file systems they're running with the simplicity of a deployment model that's an AWS service where you can click a button and deploy a file system in minutes. And you don't need to worry about things like you know, managing capacity or, or you know, managing hardware failures or patching or any of those components. And so with, with ONTAP, you know, ONTAP is the third Amazon FSx file system that we offer. It's our newest offering. And um, you know, what we've heard pretty consistently talking to customers who use ONTAP is uh, that ONTAP itself is a really, has a really rich and widely used set of capabilities. Uh, features that customers really love, like snapshots and snap mirror replication and cloning capabilities and multi-protocol access. You know, I could talk for an hour about all the really cool things built into ONTAP. And um, you know, our goal with this service is to give customers a first-class ONTAP experience in AWS, as, long, as well as a first-class AWS service experience, where it's really easy for customers to benefit from all the really cool capabilities of ONTAP and to do so in a way that doesn't require them to need to know how to manage on tap or know how to stand up these systems. Uh, they can just click a few buttons, get a really fast, really feature-rich file storage solution up in minutes, and just start using it and just start building. So FSX implies, well, well the X there implies that there's a variable, right? Um, so this is going to be multiple protocols that we offer here with ONTAP. What do we offer? Yeah, so you can access file systems from uh, industry standard NFS, SMB, and iSCSI protocols. So you can access your data either using file-based protocols uh, from either Linux, Windows, or Mac OS clients. You could also uh, create LUNs, basically block virtual block devices on FSX as well. Um, so pretty widely accessible. You can access it from in the cloud, from on-premises as well. Yeah, we, a couple a couple quick things that I, that I observed were interesting was um, iSCSI does have some unique capabilities of being routable in the AWS network, which block devices typically are not. So there were some use cases for clustered clustered hosts, for example, where you may want to have hosts in different availability zones. So iSCSI added the ability to span availability zones for a, a single block device uh, or with failover uh, capability. Uh, you can also do cross-account over transit gateways. So you can have a single set of NAS available to multiple accounts. And so some of those capabilities were really, really powerful. That's a great point, Andy, right? That deployment security was key to a lot of banking customers, not just them, but many. And this sort of takes it, um, you know, takes it out of the equation, right? And gives them the, the, the safety net that you're asking, right? Yeah, and Rajesh and I have been collaborating for almost what two years now uh, on you know bringing this service to market and figuring out 
what are the best practices from a deployment methodology, from an engineering perspective, from a networking perspective to make sure that, you know, a customer clicks a button, that's all they need to worry about. And on the back end, we are provisioning and deploying on tap in the right way and in a kind of a correctly configured way. And in a way where customers don't need to worry about, you know, things like opening up their firewall uh, rules or anything like that. It, it just works. And that's the magic of a managed service. As an initial release, I would imagine there are some limitations to what you can and cannot do. So what are some of the limitations today that you're finding uh, that are being highlighted by customers? And are they permanent roadblocks or are they things that, you know, things that maybe will relax in the future? Yeah. So, I mean, so right now, day of recording, we're about two weeks into the service. And so, you know, we've seen a lot of excitement from customers, a lot of kind of testing and, and early access with customers. Um, what I would say in general around kind of roadmap and, and how we plan to evolve the product over time, um, that really is based at the end of the day on customer feedback, customer input that we get. Um, and so right now we're still in the process of collecting that feedback. You, you, we have our own opinions about what we think are the capabilities we're going to launch later this year and, and next year as well. Um, but really, I think for the most part, that's going to be influenced based on the feedback we're getting from customers now and that we'll be getting from customers over the next couple of weeks. So if there's anything you know specific that you're you're interested in looking for, definitely let us know. Let your account reps know. Um, you know, at the end of the day, everything that we add and, and integrate with the service is is based on feedback we get from customers. Yeah, and I would imagine the feedback was you know the big things, right? SMB, NFS, and you know with Block, you can't really effectively do FCP <laughs> in a cloud environment yet, right? So, I mean, I would imagine that's what the, the driver for doing something like iSCSI that's more network-based. I mean, in general, features that are hardware-centric, right? Of course, you may not have, like you said, um, FCP or RDMA, maybe maybe RDMA at some point, right? Um, to that, or self-encrypted drives, but that's okay. But uh, we do solve the SED drives by by securing the entire infrastructure that ONTAP writes persistently too by a single KMS key. So we achieved that and more, uh, but just differently um, in the aspects. Um, now, you know, as any day one product, there are going to be issues and some of these may end up being monitoring aspects, uh, which will evolve uh, because we do cater to a more deep admin as well as, as, well as a more simplistic user. Um, so there's a balance of getting that right. And uh, but there's also an exciting part because now um, uh, in our roadmap, we do have um, uh, metrics and data collection that are going to be integrated to Amazon tools and frameworks, right? So if you're an Amazon shop, you don't, you may continue to use many of the tools and frameworks, not just for storage, but whatever you use for entire monitoring infrastructure. So that would be a, a change, but nevertheless, a good one, right? And that's uh, one of the feedback we heard. Um, other than that, I think I've only heard positive feedback. Of course, people want more speed, more performance, as always. But I think we're happy with you know where we are today, by and large. You know? yeah, I, I did some iSCSI testing, and I saw some performance testing results this morning, and they were extremely impressive. You know, having a background in Fiber Channel and being an old blockhead with Flash, uh, I was really had low expectations, and I was very, very pleasantly surprised, and, and heard some extremely impressive results earlier today. So, uh, um, you know, the test testing's showing really promising for using for, you know, tier one applications in many cases, and hopefully we'll have some certifications around those in the future. But the, the key thing that I really liked about it was when I was working on the early release team at AWS was just the interest in a lot of the AWS community and having access to things like snapshots and flex clones and snap mirror 
because they're very useful tools in, in cloud storage. Um, not all of the solutions are that that's available, but the, we, it really brings that capability to cloud in ways that it just hasn't been a, a, a visible. Um, and you know, AWS has excellent storage already, but this ability to add you know some of the the capabilities that ONTAP customers have taken for granted. You know, doing a clone to test DR is you know pretty pretty exceptional in the cloud. In terms of yeah, capabilities, as Andy mentioned, you know, there's a lot of really rich capabilities of ONTAP that. You know, I'm personally really excited to be bringing to the AWS portfolio as part of this launch. You know, things like you know consistent cross-region replication and multi-protocol access uh, that you know now AWS customers who are looking for managed services are able to easily and quickly consume. Uh, you know, I think in terms of roadmap, uh, you know, one of the, you know one of the things Rajesh mentioned is you know performance and scalability, and that's just a con- ever-evolving you know target where we're constantly. Uh, working on improving performance, you know, giving customers more scalability, more capability from that perspective. Um, I think the other thing that's really exciting is, uh, from a roadmap perspective, is a lot of the integrations that we're yet to have with the product that over time you can expect we're going to be adding on, you know, making it easier to access FSX from different services, to process your data from different services, classify data. Um, you know, is a big part of moving to the cloud for customers is, enabling those customers to get more value from their data and to do more with their data. And so, you know, over time, you know, we're, we're today, we're bringing a lot of new capabilities to our product portfolio. At the same time, we're also bringing a lot of new capabilities to NetApp users via these integrations with different cloud services that just make it easier to process and access and classify and protect data. Yeah. What's great about the software solution aspect of this is, you know, an ONTAP upgrade can sometimes provide additional performance enhancements, whether it's through code optimization or a new feature. So I know that we've announced things like NVMe over TCP as a potential, you know, replacement for something like iSCSI. So with ONTAP 9.10.1, I would imagine that's going to add an additional value point for Amazon FSX. So talk, talk to me a little bit about the NVMe over TCP potential support, and then also the upgrade process. Like, how, how do we get to those newer versions? So as, as a managed service, one of the things that Amazon manages for you so you don't have to worry about it is, is upgrades, is patching. You know, both from the standpoint of just making sure that the software we're running is continuously up to date with the latest security standards, um, but also from the standpoint of just continuously giving customers access to new features. And so, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, we've been collaborating uh, pretty extensively with NetApp over the last couple of years um, to make sure we, you know, we are able to, to patch and upgrade and give customers always kind of the bleeding edge capabilities of ONTAP as part of the service. Yeah, and I would imagine all that's automatically done where you don't have to really interact with it or think about it. So that's, that's one of the benefits of having a managed service like an FSX. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes, yeah, the big conversation a lot of customers ask is, okay, well, what if I don't want that version of ONTAP? Well, that you're, you're getting it. That's part of the managed service. You don't have to worry about it, but you also, you're going to get it. And a fringe benefit of that is one of the curses in the data center is always having to deal with back-level customers, um, people who are running you know, several generations back or, or God forbid, seven-mode systems. With FSX ONTAP, you're not going to be back-level. You're not going to have you know, a, a potential security hole, for example, because that's going to be part of the managed service. And organizationally, you know, trying to get an upgrade window from an organization can be a big challenge is one of the reasons people remain back level. As a managed service, that won't happen any longer. So it's it's a subtle point, but it's it's important that they will always be on the latest level. 
Yep. And, you know, and a really big thing about this as well is, you know, we, we are delivering an AWS service built on ONTAP and, and a big part of delivering a service and a big thing customers look for when they're consuming a service is compatibility over time and backwards compatibility. Um, so, you know, a big part of what we do as a team and what NetApp does as a team is ensuring that although we're continuously providing customers with new capabilities, new features, new functionality, we're doing so in a way where, you know, customers don't need to worry about necessarily saying, can you please keep me on an older version, you know, for, for XYZ reason, uh, we're continuously testing and making sure that uh, customers are able to benefit from those new capabilities as part of the service without needing to worry about, you know, staying behind on a particular version set. I mean, um, I think we, we do a lot of CACD pipeline testing to ensure that both on tap side and Amazon side to make sure that, you know, we, we stay the course. Um, also, you asked a question about NVMe TCP. So I think that feature is relatively new, even in for ONTAP on-prem. Um, and there's no reason why we want to hold that back uh, on, you know, FSX ONTAP. It is uh, over the network anyways. There are some inherent benefits that we do see with the overall protocol that otherwise is sometimes bulky for certain needs. So if we were to benefit by using NVMe in terms of the protocol efficiency, um, you know, and maybe even security features of NVMe that are otherwise difficult to get nice busy, um, you know, why not? And, and I think that's what we intend to do. Yeah, and I, I'm not necessarily asking for, you know, dates or anything, but it is on the plan. And that, that's that's one thing to kind of think about. Um, another aspect that ONTAP offers that I didn't hear anything about is is the S3 aspect, right? So, so having ONTAP S3, so... Is that something that can be leveraged either for just you know tiering with Fabric Pool, or is it something that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for this deployment? Yeah, so it's actually uh, we we have an automatic uh, lower cost tier. It's built into the product. Um, so you know NetApp itself on tap allows you to tier your data off if you're running you know on tap yourself, either on premises or with CVO. You can tier your lower cost data off to S3. Uh, with FSX, we have a lower cost capacity pool tier. It's built into the product. Uh, you don't have to do anything special to enable it. By default, the volumes you create on FSX actually have automatic tiering enabled. And you can choose to uh, fine-tune your tiering policies if you'd like as well. And so it's it's one of the features customers really, we've heard customers really love about ONTAP, where you can effectively tier off a lot of your data to lower cost storage and rely on, on all of the capabilities and features uh, and, and logic built into ONTAP to auto-tier data between SSD storage and that lower cost tier. Um, to give you the illusion of SSD performance, even if not 100% of your data is stored on SSDs. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's built into the product. Customers don't need to configure it separately. Uh, I'm really excited about it because it really enables customers to get the right price performance uh, depending on what their workloads I.O. patterns are. So the, the, there was one thing that I ran into a lot with customer architectures. I did a lot of customer architectures, both as an AWS SA, as well as working with early FSX on tap discussions. And the interesting thing was this ability to take a petabyte on-prem and copy it up into cloud directly into cold. So you didn't need SSD and to wait for the data to age into older, colder capacities. You could set it so that all data that went into the volume aged and we immediately transferred into cold and then potentially promote it later. And that's incredibly valuable because you don't have to start with a cloud at at an expensive economic picture. You could start with a cold picture. What I also saw a lot of customers looking at were for ransomware purposes, and I spoke to a, an ISV vendor earlier today that was seeing huge uptick in their downtime per year because of ransomware attacks on the infrastructure they were running on in the data center. And this ability to put a third copy of data in the cloud as a snap mirror or snap vault destination directly into cold tier 
is extremely attractive from ransomware purposes because it can put a, a copy of their data in a read-only format out of their architecture. So rather than a dead-end air gap, you're actually getting a, a functional copy of the data out there that you can flex clone out of to use cloud resources to do forensics on, et cetera. So that cold tier really enables a whole lot of functionality. So Andy, you've done a lot of work on blogs and that sort of thing, kind of illustrating the new FSX piece. Um, can you kind of walk us through the deployment, how all that takes place and you know what sort of things to consider, what sort of things to look out for? Sure. And the first release, it's built into the AWS console. So you can literally, with just a few mouse clicks, you can deploy a file system. You don't have to know like what versus the EC2, what versus the EBS and things that you're using. You typically put in the capacity, you put in the throughput, put in the IOPS if you need additional IOPS for provision throughput. Uh, and you're able to very, very quickly build that file, build a, a create a file system. Uh, you can, as part of that, create your SVMs and create volumes. You can thin provision the volumes larger than what's in in your provision capacity, uh, and you can um, configure access to that SVM uh, quickly, like a joint Active Directory join, and you can Active Directory join from on-prem to cloud or uh, to a to a trusted instance or to an instance in AWS cloud. But it's very, very quick to deploy. Um, it was interesting, uh, and I, uh, I don't know if we can share the statistic, but over 400 customers spun it up the first weekend just to test it out. So imagine 400 customers trying to try, try a physical box in the first week it's released. But that was possible uh, so that for that many customers to fire it up and kick the tires. And I heard later many, many of them were still running, uh, even, even quite a few days later. But it allowed people to just fire it up. And as I do customer presentations, I'm starting to hear, you know, they literally pull up FSX on tap in the background. Oh, how does this work? Can you show me what this is? Can you show me what this is? I did that just, just an hour ago where we had a customer pull it up. So it really makes it easy to deploy, really makes it easy to, to start to configure. And if a customer has VPN or direct connect access, uh, they could start snap mirroring from an on-prem system right away to massively simplify and accelerate uh, migration or a, a backup or vault copy of that data to cloud. So speaking of migration, I mean, what if we don't have like a snap mirror? Like how are we getting customers from where they are to this FSX service? So as part of architecting customers, we saw um, we saw some many customers loved the advantage of using ONTAP to snap mirror data to cloud. But we also I saw a lot of customers looking at alternative uh, NAS platforms on prem and using tools like CloudSync, NetApp CloudSync. You can do the usual NAS migrations with Robocopy, uh, RSync, all, all the usual suspects out there. Uh, DataSync is also planned to be supported, which is the AWS migration tool shortly, as well as uh, I believe Snowball is supported or will be shortly. So Andrew Crouch, you may want to correct me on that. Yep. Yeah, no, you, you can definitely, uh, you can use Snowball to do an offline transfer of data and, and get it into FSX. We're actually going to be following up with some additional, uh, with a blog post uh, that, that details this in more detail. But yeah, I mean, the great thing about being broadly accessible over, you know, we mentioned earlier NFS or SMB is you can just mount FSX from from a client and and mount you know mount your existing system and FSX and use any standard copy tool um, to copy your data. Uh, and again, as Andy mentioned, there's NetApp Cloud Sync as well that will manage that for you if you'd like. So Andy, I, I understand there's a cost calculator out there, so you can kind of figure out how all this is going to add up to your spend, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, with with FSX, you know, customers, we we have two storage tiers as we mentioned earlier. There's SSD storage, and then there's capacity pool storage, and you can auto tier between them. Uh, we also support built into the product uh, compression, deduplication, compaction. Um, Andy mentioned earlier thin provisioning as well. And so, 
know, overall, when, when you add up all of these resources, uh, you, you can, you know, with FSX and FSX file systems are multi-AZ, meaning they're highly available and durable across AZs. It's kind of equivalent to replicating your data across data centers um, and blended price point, blended TCO across all of these components. When you take into account the savings you get from DDoop and compression uh, is in the range of four to five cents. And again, that's per gigabyte month for multi-AZ storage. And so, yeah, we, we have a calculator on our pricing page that you can use to actually see what would the total cost of ownership look like for given deployment. Um, but we're really excited to give customers access to and allow them to save money uh, with all of the different cost savings features that are built into the product. One additional thing, I think we already talked about the on-top data management feature set, ease, ease of deployment, you know, and the, um, the tiering support. The additional aspect of it is that backup is... Uh, automatically uh, included as a part of the product too. It's a native experience. Sure, you can do snap mirror to another on-top system. You can use NDMP, uh, all that's fine. But as a part of native cloud experience, um, every volume that you create is also backed up behind the scenes. Uh, and, uh, it, and it's available for customers to see in the portal uh, through the Amazon uh, UI or API to see what backups, what volumes, which cluster, and you're able to restore that volume on any other FSX cluster. Um, which is a, a cool feature in itself. So when you say backed up, where is that getting backed up? So yeah, as Rajesh mentioned, we have a built-in backups feature. It's built into the product. Uh, all the data uh, in a backup, it's a complete separate offline copy of your data that's highly available and durable across AZs. Uh, and so as a customer, you don't have to worry about managing storage for your backups, anything like that. Um, by default, as Rajesh mentioned, each volume is backed up once a day. You could take additional backups at any time. Uh, and it really is as simple as clicking a button to take a backup or clicking a button to restore a backup and get a get a new volume that has all the data that you backed up. Yeah, it, I think it's important to look at it from a ransomware perspective. I, there were a lot of blogs posted by uh, um, other companies out there and a lot of them were criticizing because they just don't fundamentally understand it's that this is a cloud native product and it has cloud services built in for cold tiering. It also has this ability to back itself up off the array. That's not something you normally did with ONTAP on-prem. Uh, you would have backup products that usually coordinate snapshots and replicate a copy to another data center, but you can do a single instance of FSX ONTAP and back up off the array to that local vault space. And so that technically meets a full backup uh, requirement that some people had put a copy of the data off the system without paying for a second copy in another location. Yeah, I saw a lot of those blog posts and usually it, it didn't sound like they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> like, they were hilariously wrong. Like, <laughs> I was enjoying them actually. And it was funny because like some of them were written by people. I was like, man, this guy used to work here. Yeah, I know <laughs> he should know this. But maybe they did and they just, just wanted to lie about it. But, um, you know, I digress. So One, one addition is, and I think, you know, because... Security is paramount, and Andy, Andy was actually uh, saying about that. Is again the when you create a file system, there is a unique file system key which protects all data that's persistent, and it includes backup. And uh, so, yes, um, you do have full control over data because initially you asked question of sort of data sovereignty and stuff. And yes, you do have full control of your data, and it is uh, both the tier data. Uh, pre, pre, uh, primary data as well as your secondary copy, independent copy, all use the same key. So you are control of your data. Yeah, I think there, there's another there's another aspect of it though. Just in cloud in general, is there there's always been this fud that cloud is inherently less secure than on prem, and nothing could be further from the truth. Most cloud services security is built as an onion throughout the services with IAM permissions to specific things that you can do. 
uh, and you can even protect the um, access to the system uh, by using you know very tightly controlled role security groups between an, um, uh, subnets, and you can really lock things down in ways you you only can dream about on prem. So you're in a much more inherently secure environment in the cloud to begin with because of this layered onion approach. But you also have this ability to to take backups into the secured vault space that's not visible. Another aspect of that is a lot of on-prem IT organizations may not put the money in that's required to secure their environments, whereas something like Amazon, AWS is going to do that. They're going to spend that money and make sure that that environment is secure because their business depends on it. Well, it's it's interesting because there are so many customers using Amazon at, that are high profile and worthy uh, of being tested that the experience of all of those customers is integrated into the security that AWS makes available to everyone. So it's not like, you know, a small government in Texas that is a target for hacking. It doesn't gain the experience of a very, very large organization somewhere else. But in AWS, you actually have that phenomenon where, you know, AWS is continuously identifying, you know, web attacks and things with, with uh, web access, uh, firewall through DNS. And those can be applied broadly to, to security. Going back to the backup portion of this, you mentioned that this is done automatically. Does that mean that it, is it something that's built into the cost? Is it something that you have to pay extra for? You know, how, how, how are you paying for that extra storage? Because it is two copies of the same data. Yep. Yeah. So it's built into the product automatically. Um, customers do have the option to turn it off, even if though we don't recommend it. Customers do have the option to turn it off. Um, backups are, you'll see them as part of our TCO calculator. They are an additional charge. It's five cents per gigabyte month of data. Um, and But again, we find that mo- most of our customers do take backups. Uh, it is the best practice. It is something that we recommend that customers do. Uh, one thing that's great about backups is they're incremental. Uh, which means that if you take two backups, the second backup only needs to store any data that had changed since the first one. Um, so you don't need to worry about paying for multiple copies of your data. All the backups are incremental relative to one another. Uh, and the other great thing about backups is all of the savings you get from deduplication and compression apply to your backed up data as well. Um, so you know that five cent number with de- typical dedupe compression savings going to be closer to maybe one and a half, two cents per gigabyte month. Uh, and the great thing is, you know, and as Andy mentioned, a lot of customers, maybe traditionally on-premises, uh, don't have, you know, there's no notion of ONTAP having a built-in backup capability. So on-premises, what often customers do is they'll have just two arrays, in two different data centers, and they'll set up replication between them. Um, the great thing about the service is customers can choose either experience. Um, you can have the really simple native built-in backup capability if you'd like. Uh, you also have the option to stand up two FSX systems in two different regions, two different AZs and just configure automatic replication the way that you may be used to doing on-premises. And so they're not mutually exclusive, but customers have the option to do either. I think some of the other features we've seen come up as really attractive were like antivirus integration, the ability to use auditing software, uh, externally available auditing software, but you also have the built-in AWS services will be supported, CloudWatch and CloudTrail, and uh, eventually um, and CloudFormation. So that cloud native gives you the best of both worlds. That's what's hard to communicate to people is you really are getting the best of a cloud native service with the best of an on-prem enterprise class uh, storage operating system. So Andy, I understand that there's a lot of customer interest out there. What sort of use cases are people targeting FSX for? 
Yeah, it's it's quite a wide range, actually. I mean, file storage has been around for, for decades. And so what we see is that there's quite a bit of variety in terms of the use cases, workloads, uh, data sets that, that customers want to store. Uh, I'd say some general categories are, you know, first is just general purpose file shares. Teams having shared folders where you store things like spreadsheets and, and documents. Um, you know, we see a lot of that from customers. A lot of kind of IT applications, um, so database workloads, ERP, CRM systems that need fast performance, low latency, high IOPS. Um, the other category is line of business applications. So this is more vertical focused applications in healthcare or oil and gas or genomics. Uh, and then lastly is uh, backup and DR. A lot of customers are, you know, maybe they're not moving their application to the cloud, but they're and they're running it on-prem, but they can still use FSx as a DR site. Uh, effectively to have a, you know an extra layer of protection and a backup of all their data that they have on-prem. Are you seeing a lot of uh, interest from companies that are doing very high compute intensive things such as EDA, chip design, where you know they need to be able to throw a lot of compute at a problem, but they don't need it all year. They only need it for like a couple weeks at a time. Yeah, ED is a, is a really uh, exciting use case. Uh, you know, to your point, uh, a lot of ED workloads are, are pretty bursty in nature. Uh, one of the really cool features that we support as part of the product is a flex cache. Uh, and so what EDA customers that we've talked to will sometimes do is they'll generate their assets on-prem. Uh, and if they're using a NetApp system on-premises today, they can actually spin up, uh, if they want to run, uh, run a compute job against that data, they can spin up an FSx file system Use and use it using FlexCache as a cache for their on-prem data, and then use in AWS Compute to spin it up, process data, and then write the results back to on-prem. Uh, so definitely a lot of excitement with EDA workloads. Yeah, it's interesting because you can spin up a lot of compute very quickly, much faster than you could do on-prem, and then you don't have to keep paying for it after you're done, right? You, you finish your project, you get it done as quickly as possible because you know time is of, the, is of the essence here, and then you just move on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the same thing is true on the storage side as well. Uh, with FSX, the, your usage and your bill is prorated by the second. Um, so really is you know on demand, pay as you go, uh, just for the storage that you need. And, and what's also interesting is with the FlexCache use case is you're not having to take that entire data set into the cloud. You only need to take the data set pieces that you're actually using, whether it's at the block level or not. We're not pulling entire files and entire folders over unless you choose to. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I met with a customer the other day whose business model involves data centers with you know thousands of servers. And because of the COVID fluctuations in their access, they were looking at moving that workload to the cloud. And the statement was, I might as well let somebody else pay for all those servers. <laughs> and you know, perfect use case for extending their compute capabilities for that bursting, but also potentially reduce some of the unused resources in the data center to start to saving money immediately. There's also the use case of AI ML training, right? So those generally require a lot more compute than a lot of other workloads. Do you have in, in Amazon, you know, DGX-esque capabilities for that compute where you can throw basically these, you know, heavy-ended servers at these machine learning workloads? I think it works, right? Because again, um, an ONTAP or NetApp has a good partnership with DGX systems in general, ONTAP AI. Um, they have an AI toolkit uh, that we run. And uh, you know, I guess many of the workloads that they run can be run um, also on uh, FSx. And I think um, there's extensions beyond the AI toolkit that they're, you know, that they're working on with NVIDIA. And so therefore, there's probably all the 
the goodness can be used here too. Yeah, it's NVIDIA T4 cards are available. So Andy, you know, as far as data goes, you, we want to be sure to protect it as much as possible. And one of the biggest concerns for IT organizations these days is is the concept of ransomware, right? So what does AWS do for that particular use case? And how does Amazon FSx help either you know remediate or detect or prevent ransomware situations? So one of the big things that we've seen a lot is with a, a lot of ransomware reaching, the news, cybersecurity coming, becoming a big topic. We're seeing a lot of organizations and particularly cyber insurance is now predicated upon having a vaulted copy of data to the cloud. One that you store in a different architecture. This used to be done as air gaps in data centers, uh, particularly with ransomware. You need, a, you need a copy of your data in a different architecture, but you also need resources to do that recovery. So we're seeing cloud uh, and S3, a perfect use case for this because we have the ability to, to store a copy of data in AWS on FSx ONTAP on a different architecture in um, a read-only format that gives you this ability to um, keep a recoverable copy, but then also clone data sets out of it for forensics activity. And we're seeing that across all industries. One, one large ISV vendor reported hundreds of percent of more downtime in the last year with their customers due to uh, ransomware attacks impacting their infrastructure. Having that available as a DR vaulted copy in the cloud uh, really gives you a, a lot of opportunity to expand your, your defense against ransomware. So as far as the ONTAP cloud offerings go, I mean, I know we have things like CVO, CVS, and FSX. We also have like things like Cloud Insights, right, and Cloud Secure. Where does that fit into this overall architecture, and does it interact with FSX? We are working in the Cloud Insights team. Uh, as a part of the launch, we did the... Uh, the basic coverage, uh, and um, we are working with the Cloud Insights team to do a bit more than uh, what we do. So, for example, we do want to provide more application-centric um, uh, workload provisioning. Uh, as an example, a headroom calculation for FSX on tap, which I think we are, is going to be value add, but it, you know, basically works. I mean, Cloud Insight, to the extent that uh, it's able to extract information about uh, anything outside the infrastructure, works today. And we like to provide more functionality uh, and, and cloud secure uh, should also work. Cloud secure is going to offer the ability to kind of detect if something is different in the environment so that, you know, if, if files are changing and you're not aware of these changes, cloud secure can notify you and let you know that, hey, there might be something amiss here. You might want to check it out. So Andy Crudge, with Amazon, do you have services similar to that where you have ransomware detection that you can implement with the NetApp cloud products here? Uh, yeah, so so as an example, we have AWS Backup, uh, which is a kind of a centralized backup and data protection service that we offer at AWS. Um, AWS Backup itself is it's integrated with a number of services that we offer, uh, including some of our uh, other FSx file system types, Windows and Luster, and uh, we we plan to also integrate FSx for ONTAP with AWS Backup soon. And you know, naturally, you have the snapshot technologies and the replication technologies. Those can help remediate that as well. Especially with snapshots being you know immutable, you can't really change them. So ransomware can't go in and infect the snapshots themselves. Now, what some ransomwares can do is, if they get access to your system, they can delete the snapshots, which is problematic in itself. But that's where something like where you know AWS Backup comes in. And as you mentioned before, AWS Backup gets turned on automatically in, in these use cases, right? Yeah. So so Amazon FSx has backups built into the product. And yes, yeah, so by, by default, backups are enabled automatically. We're automatically taking a backup of all of your volumes uh, once a day. 
Yeah, and earlier we mentioned you know you you have the ability to turn that off if you want, and this this is probably one reason why you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we do we do recommend, of course, that customers uh, have the backups enabled. It's a great second layer protection. It's like we can't force you to back it up, but if we're already doing it, you might as well do it. Yeah, so AWS backups great, but you know right now we don't have that for FSX ONTAP. So you know keep that in mind. You, we have other backup utilities you can leverage. You can do replication with SnapMirror and that sort of thing. But, you know, stay stay on the lookout for that potentially in the future. But right now it's not there, right, Andy? Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right. So Andy Crudge, if I wanted to find more information about this, where would I go? Yeah. So I, I would start with our FSX product page. Just if you search for FSX on tap, um, you know, we have a page that talks about some of the key features, benefits, our FAQ, um, we also recently published a GitHub workshop that makes it really easy to get started, launch your first file system, play around with it. Um, so definitely a great way of getting your feet wet if you're interested to learn more. Andy, again, if we wanted to reach you, how do we do that? Yeah, it's uh, it's my last name at amazon.com. Um, yeah, definitely happy to uh, to chat if you have any follow-up questions. And Andy Grimes. Yeah, I'm at andrewwg at netapp.com and happy to answer questions if you need it. And Rajesh. Yeah, so it's Rajesh R at netapp.com. It's R-A-J-E-S-H-R at netapp.com. All right, excellent. Thanks so much for joining us and telling us all about the goodness that is Amazon FSX. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via TechOnTapPodcast.com. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap Podcast team, I'd like to thank Andy Crudge from Amazon, Andy Grimes from NetApp, and Rajesh Rajarama for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.